Marisha and uh, Carol for Disability Workers Week. Thanks for joining me. No worries. Thank you for having me. What does this week mean for you in particular? Um, It's all about, I suppose, looking out for what we can do to improve the lifestyles of people um, and promoting more independence and letting them know that they can and they are capable. How long have you been a disability support worker for? Uh, Seven years. I have a daughter who is 29 that is... I have a, has a disability, so I've always wanted to do it, but needed to wait until she was where she needed to be before I could. So yeah, I love it. What are some of the things you think need to happen or change within the sector for disability support? Um, I think relationship building, supporting our clients more with much more groups or bigger organisations creating smaller groups certain ages and abilities and to make friendships I find that a lot of them don't have that friendship connection which then affects everything else moving forward in their world. It's pretty amazing to actually see the relationships here it's not just working it's a real bond isn't it? Yeah it is definitely a great bond and once you get that bond everything else seems so much easier for them. Once you build those relationships then you can move forward to the next step and the next step. I feel like if you don't have that foundation a lot of clients out there don't have that family connection to or the close-knit where they and we all have it so most of us have it so we know what it's like so I feel if we build that then we build everything else on top of it. It's like building up from there. Yeah. And what about you, Carol? How long have you been? I don't know. How long has it been? <laughs> um, two? Well, I've been with you for about two and a half. Two and a half years. Pretty good. Helped me a lot considering what was going on at home. It's been good. And is there anything that you want to share about your relationship or what you get up to? Or uh, don't really do much. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds <laughs> Carol. <laughs> that much you should know that by now <laughs> uh, so two and a half years you've known each other yeah wow. yeah well COVID hit so then I couldn't see her for a while because my parents were high to get COVID and everything so we didn't start till probably the end of the year more than anything yeah uh, but like I said NDIS cut me all back so I get two hours a week now Wow. Yeah, they took all my money. So you you would like to see more support and more funding in that area? Yeah, well, I did have it my original plan for two years. Yeah. And I did the review. They've only made it one year and they've cut me completely back. And how does that make you feel? When, pisses when me off. <laughs> That's all right. She's good. You're good, babe. You've got this. They rang her to tell her what she asked her what she needed. And they kept saying no, no, no and took everything off you. Because they were paying for my psychologist, my physical therapist, and they've taken all that off. I've only got for Life Without Barriers and Thrive, and um, I do psychologist on my own now, so I've got to pay that. But I get a bit back because I go through my GP because they completely cut me off. And as I said, apparently they go off my intellectual disability, so the problems with my back and legs, I need to get something for the occupational therapist and my doctor to classify it as another dis- disability and they'll put it on. But I can't get an occupational therapist because the one I had got pregnant. So I probably won't see her until next year. But no. Did they explain? They just said I wasn't entitled to it. They gave me too much money on the third and I didn't use it. They were going to take my respite away because I didn't use it. I've only got 10 days but I haven't done it yet. They're going to take all this stuff off me because I'm not using it and I don't need it. 
I'm so, so confused yeah. because I, I just mean that doesn't make sense to me. So you're, they're encouraging you to use something that I'm guessing you would use if you and when you need it. Just because you haven't used it in that period doesn't mean you're not going to need it. That's what they take it off me. They said if I didn't use the respite, they were going to take that off me oh. and all this other stuff. It's just been a lot of crap. I'm so sorry. It's annoying. And the thing, I suppose, starting with Carol was getting her to realise that the support was out there. So once we started with the support, the plan was already in progress. So then Carol and I were doing a couple of days a week, which was really helping, wasn't it, Carol? You moved forward and getting out of the house, building relationships. We connected her with Thrive to build a group there. Then she's joined a group in the park that she goes to or wherever they go. Chickability. Chickability. She's joined that, but now they've cut her right back. It's really difficult for her to build, keep building those connections to keep moving forward in her life. Do you see this happen a lot, Carol? I feel oh. like the um, NDIS call these people, and um, like Carol's explained to me, she was confused and overwhelmed. So in the end, she ended the phone call. No, no, she hanged, She has ended it because she knew I was getting frustrated yeah. on the phone and she just kept on saying no to everything I asked because I wanted a, um, a coordinator. I've been asking one from the get-go because I don't understand a lot of stuff, but they keep saying no and because I actually went out on my own and found my occupational therapist and my physio because they did that on my own, it's like they, they punished me because they did it myself yeah. and then they took it off me, which is very confusing. I've got an intellectual disability, so sometimes not everything stays in there or I don't remember stuff, but it was just frustrating because everything I was asking for, all I kept them getting was, no, you're not entitled to that. That's all I kept getting, non-stop. I think I was on the phone for an hour and then she says, right, I'll leave you alone, and, yeah, that was it. She and didn't get abusive. Yeah. So everything we do is not one-on-one anymore? So there's no one-on-one support at all for Carol. So we've had to shrink my hours with Carol so that she can still see me, but he's not charged for four. Where we used to do four hours, we've had to shrink it to two and fit everything we want to do two hours once a week. You see the growth and then you watch and you don't know where they're going to go from here because it's all been reversed on them. And then she doesn't have support with emotional things and all of that which was what we worked on over those 12 months and then all of a sudden it's you know and we can't get anyone now because like carol said she has to fork out of her own pocket yeah and she's on a pension yeah so she has to pay for occupational therapists or psychologists now where she was having that before which was working now she doesn't have it anymore i'm actually appalled i am i'm really taken aback because mm. in my ignorance my guess would be all of this support is to help you and enable you to be as independent as you possibly can. And then when you start trying to do those things, you're then punished for yeah, it. that's okay. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And like I said, I kept watching the news and they said that the NDIS was a blowout and there was too much money. So I knew it wasn't going to be good because mm. I assume they'll be cutting it back everything. And, uh, yeah, I was surprised, but I knew it was coming because it was all over the news. They said there was way too much money getting wasted and all this other stuff. So when I went to my psychologist one day and I went in to make an appointment, another young girl came in and she had the same problem. She said they took her psychologist off her and she was pretty upset when she came in. So it's not just me. I'm hearing horror stories everywhere. Some people are just getting down to hardly anything to survive because they say you don't need it Hmm. when people do. Yeah. So Carol's stepping outside the box and working on her ability to go and organise a psychologist on her own is kind of taken it back now because 
they've taken it off her because they said that she's capable of doing that. Yeah. So then they go, oh, well, you're capable of doing all these other things. But that that's all through the support she's been getting to move forward, to be able to make her capable. And then we take it off her. Mm. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, because Joseph, the one that's, uh, I don't know, what is he's the manager of or whatever it is even he said told me the same thing he said because i was working out and doing stuff on my own he said that they i'm capable of doing it myself so that's why they cut down the services he said because i'm doing it myself people that can't do anything and need support seem to get all the money and help but if you do it yourself which took me a couple of months it's mm. like i'm being punished because i managed to do it myself without any help so i don't know what's going to happen I think that you're an incredibly brave and strong person for sharing that because that's got to be really tough. And just keep punching because I'd love to keep touching base with you to see how you're going and to share your story because you're not a statistic. You're a person that is fighting and doing all that you can to become the best version of you, which I can tell you there's a lot of people out there that don't. And so I'm really actually quite humbled by your story. Well, most people that see me don't realise there's anything wrong with me. They think I'm perfectly fine. A lot of my problems is internal. And the anxiety, depression doesn't help either. Yeah. But they just judge you by see how you are. And if you can seem to link was the same one I used to go in. They'd see how I come in, how I talk, and say, you're perfectly fine. I said, you're not seeing what's underneath. You're judging a book by its cover. And that I get a lot from other people. They have the same problem. Yeah. But your support helps with that, doesn't it, Carol? Help yeah. you move forward. But the support she was getting was helping her grow and become more independent. But they didn't give her long enough to actually be able to do more of these things or set more processes in place where mm. she can then step by step do these things. And now we've gone, like I'd say, a little bit backwards because there's no one there to actually give her that moving forward to keep her understanding what she can do to change things. And there's definitely, I'm hearing too from you, that there's quite a stigma that can be attached. Like they have a perception that this is what it is, and if you don't fit that... Yeah, that's right. Mm. So with my back and my legs, according to the NDIS lady, I can't remember what her name was, but she said to get my um, uh, physical therapist and everything to help me again. Like I said, I've got to see an occupational therapist to get assessment, then the GP, and then I've got to send it to them, and then they'll say if that can be on there or not. But I don't understand why that, because I gave them everything to get NDIS Mm. but I've been told the only thing they went off was the intellectual disability that it's like they ignored everything else and it's really strange I don't understand that Mm. well it's definitely something we'll have to follow up on and follow through of course with this year I think it's amazing the story that you're sharing and it is going to help a lot of people that are going through or a lot of people like myself that aren't aware of all of those struggles because we're a community, you know, and we all need to fight for each other. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I didn't bring tissues today. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. (laughs)